You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining me on the podcast. Folks, we've got a good one today, but before we get into it, you know what we gots to do. We gots to tell you about the social media selections that we have available for you on the show, Talking Wrestling. Uh, On the Twitter, at TNWPod, give us a tweet, like a tweet, retweet a tweet, Tweet the tweet, love the tweet. It's all tweet delicious. On the uh, Instagram, we are talking wrestling podcast on the old Instagram. On uh, Gmail, drop us a Gmail. Tell us what you think of the show. Give us an idea. What do you want us to do? Just talk to us, please. Talking wrestling at gmail.com uh, or hit us up on the Facebook. Uh, Facebook page is uh, Talking Wrestling on Facebook. So check that out. With that said, folks, uh, thank you for joining us on today's episode uh, this week. Uh, it's been a good week uh, wrestling. And um, however, uh, it was a sad Sunday last Sunday. Um, unfortunately, we lost uh, three, three wrestlers all in one day. You know, it's um, it's sad, uh, you know, and uh, the first one being Nikolai Volkov is the first one I learned about. And uh, Nikolai Volkov, it's uh, it's very sad that uh, he's gone. He's 70 years old, although he looked older than that. But he was, a you know, a wrestler, so he was probably beat up. But, you know, 70 seems old, but it's actually very young, I think. And uh, Nikolai Volkov will be missed, a former tag champion. You know, when I first started wrestling, he was like, oh, my God. And he had a good career as long as I watched wrestling. And always a good guy, good wrestler. Never got in trouble. You know, you never heard shit about him outside the ring. And uh, so Nikolai, uh, rest in peace. Brickhouse Brown. I read about in magazines. Uh, I never really seen you wrestle, but um, I know you had an impact. I know you were a Memphis guy, wrestled in USWA. I know you're trained by Terry Funk. Uh, you know, you had a great career, you know, and uh, you were, you know, in, in uh, Jerry Lawler's area of uh, Memphis a long time in the USWA. And speaking of Jerry Lawler, it must have been a tough day for Jerry Lawler. One thing to find out about Brickhouse Brown, but his son, uh, Brian Christopher, uh, Grandmaster Sexa from uh, Too Hot, Too Cool, Too Much, he hung himself uh, in a in a prison cell and died later that afternoon. And uh, he's passed, and it's it's uh, it's very unfortunate. I got to talk to Brian Christopher the night I met the Undertaker. We talked about it last week. He's a very, he was a very entertaining wrestler. I'll say that. He wasn't the biggest guy, but he looked good. He had a look. He was entertaining. He was a great heel. Uh, you thought he was a coward and a weasel, and that's everything that you should think about a heel. And uh, Brian Christopher, Grandmaster Sexay of of uh, too hot, too cool, too much, uh, too soon. 
uh, rest in peace. Uh, it's very sad that, uh, you know, when, it's very sad when one wrestler goes, but uh, for three in one day, it's extremely sad. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, condolences go out to their family and everything else. But with that said, it's still a great time for wrestling. And uh, this week, we have uh, a very special guest from uh, Tampa, Florida. You might know this brother from Tampa, Florida. You don't. It's not Hulk Hogan. Get off. It's not. It's not Hulk Hogan. Uh, we won't have him on the show yet until he's... <laughs> um, hey, but uh, coming up, we'll go in the studio uh, to today's guest, uh, former AHL referee, uh, son of the legendary NHL referee, uh, Don Koharski. We have second-generation referee uh, guest with us, Jamie Koharski. And uh, Casey, uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, standing by in the studio with today's guest is Jamie Koharski. So, uh, Casey, take it away. All right. Joining me here at this time right now on Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling is this week's guest. Uh, he is um, a referee in the AHL uh, or has, was been a referee in the AHL. And uh, now he's uh, doing referee related things. I do believe uh, his uh, second generation referee, as far as I know, his father is a legendary NHL ref. And we're lucky to have him on the show today. Well, not his father, but him. Uh, Jamie Koharski, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for uh, being a part of the uh, talking wrestling podcast yeah my pleasure casey thanks for having me on man oh no problem no problem now uh in case anybody's wondering how did we meet up uh very oddly we met up in the i would say through the other wrestling podcast that i'm part of the we watch wrestling podcast family is that correct yeah absolutely i was trying to explain to my wife how we got connected and i think there was uh i don't know if there was some post that was talking about hockey or, or whatever it was and you and I kind of struck up a conversation completely outside the realm of what the wrestling podcast is about. And yeah. That's how I found out you're in a, a lifetime. Uh, I understand. Yeah. It was, you know it, what it was, Keith? I know exactly what it, it was. was. <laughs> There's a picture I think I posted on uh, from the Winter Classic in St. Louis a couple of years ago with Pierre Turgeon dancing in a in a big dance circle. Yes. And I think that's what caught your attention. That's exactly. Well, it was, well, you added me as a friend, I do believe, through the show, through the We Watch Wrestling show and stuff like that. And it never, the name never really, it never really struck a, a chord with me. You know, there's, actually, I don't know many Koharskis, but it is a familiar, it's always been a familiar name in my life because I've been watching hockey since, well, since the 80s. So then all of a sudden, you know, you came up on my Facebook feed and there's a picture. First, it was a picture of you at the, at the Classic. And I think you were with Gretzky. Did you have a picture with Gretzky from the Wrestling Classic? I mean, for the wrestling classic, yeah, the, hockey, uh, the hockey classic in St. Louis that year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, I'm, uh, it's, it's weird. It's weird to say that out loud. But yeah, I had a picture of me and Wayne Gretzky on the ice, which is just a ridiculous statement to make. But. Yeah. So that that immediately caught my eye because even though um, I'm an Islander fan, and I shouldn't like Wayne Gretzky. I'm Canadian and you can't. Well, we're Canadian and you can't not really not like Wayne Gretzky. Um, so then I think the next picture I saw was the picture of Pierre Turgeon on the dance circle. And, um, I don't know, I might've been into the, the late night, uh, smoky fest or whatever, but for some reason I thought, uh, here's a perfect time to make a joke about, uh, Pierre Turgeon that very few people are going to understand. I believe it was, he was in the dance circle and I said, don't put the spotlight on him or Dale Hunter will take him out. If you're listening right now and you're wrestling fans, I'm sorry, but that alludes to the Islanders' last good run in the playoffs was in 92. 
They knocked out uh, Pittsburgh that year, who were the defending champs. But in the first round, we had a 50-goal scorer that year. He's our last 50-goal scorer. He's a great, amazing player, uh, Pierre Turgeron. And uh, he scored a goal. And as he was celebrating, Dale Hunter, who's always been a dirty hockey player, comes in. And while the spotlight's on Pierre Turgeron and he's cheering and the play is over, he comes in and hits him in the boards and separates his shoulder and we lose him for the playoffs. Our best player. I remember that vividly. I, we had a we had a correspondence about it, and you were like, "Oh, I know it well. My dad was the ref that game, and I could not <laughs> believe it. I had to go find it on YouTube and rewatch it and relive the memory all over. And that was so cool that your dad was uh, on the ice during what I call the one of the dirtiest plays in Islander history. So, <laughs> I think that might have been at the time. Like I think didn't he get like a twenty some odd game suspension or, or, or something? He got twenty five games into the next twenty five games into the next season, and the rest of the the Capitals playoffs. So, you know, he was uh, a long line of the Capitals playoff curse that was just broken this year. So, you know, Caps had had many good teams over the years, but during playoffs, they'd always just fail. I don't know, at some way or somehow, they'd find a way to lose. But, you know, uh, it's so weird because there's, you know, he is a hockey referee and and I am a a hockey fan. And, uh, you know, but this is a wrestling show and we should be talking wrestling. (laughs) It's funny how wrestling can just open up the doors like that. Well, that's what I said. Anytime we get off, if we get into hockey, uh, we can just bring into a hockey a wrestling moment where the two have crossed uh one of my favorite hockey wrestling stories was when dallas was playing the devils in the cup final and bill goldberg was friends with brett hall so he was at the finals and he was waiting for brett hall after the seventh game where the stars lost and as he was waiting for brett hall to come out of the dressing room scott gomez who's drunk at this point stumbles out of the devil's celebration and realizes bill goldberg is standing in the hall and he's like bill goldberg and bill goldberg turns around he's like yeah he's like get in here and he drags bill goldberg into this stanley cup party and bill goldberg is now smoking cigars celebrating with the champ and then brett hall sees him and he's like dude i got you tickets what the fuck are you doing he's like i'm sorry they dragged me into it Oh my gosh. It's very easy to get back to wrestling is uh, there's uh, numerous stories of uh, wrestling and uh, hockey crossing. So that uh, how long have you been a wrestling fan? Lifelong. Uh, like most fans, I took a little bit of a hiatus uh, growing up in Toronto due to WWE Hulk Hogan fan. And then uh, kind of took a little break until the, the Monday Night Wars, I'd say. And then I, my brother and I and some, some buddies, we never missed a, a Monday Nitro or any paid reviews for, for a couple of years and then took another little bit off and funny driving home. Uh, I had a drive from, I think Albany to Buffalo after mm-hmm. a game one night and we were talking in the locker room and one of the guys I worked with was a wrestling fan and he told me, Oh yeah, today's, uh, today's WrestleMania and they got the brand new WWE network thing. And I'd never heard of any of it. So I hadn't been paying any attention. So I was like, Oh, you know what? I got a four hour drive. I'll, I signed up for the network, put it up on the cell phone, and, and watched it driving home. And I've been I've been hooked ever since. That was the WrestleMania in New Orleans. Oh yeah, I'm terrible. At what numbers? It what numbers? But yeah. I was just hooked. I- 
Yeah. Wrestling had changed so much since the last time I had watched, and I haven't missed anything since. No, it's absolutely great. Like I've never, I've never went into an era where I've completely stopped. I've always uh, paid attention, or somehow have uh, watched the product, even if it's just one hour or a couple hours. Once the uh, like the computer age came in, it, it makes it all different. Like you can catch up and watch clips of wrestling now, and it's it's all great. But yeah, I started at a young age and uh, and was hooked, and uh, you know, I've been hooked ever since. Now, uh, with that said, yeah, I was talking earlier in the show before I brought you on. I was mentioning like this past week, like yesterday was just a crazy day. This will air Thursday, so on Thursday, but well, last Sunday, uh, you know, three deaths. Like you know, they say usually things happen in threes, especially deaths. The good news is we don't have to worry about wrestlers for another couple months because three went yesterday. Yeah, that was. Uh I didn't, you know what? I didn't even know about it. My my wife was the one that was just looking at her newsfeed on her phone, and and she saw it all pop up. So that was, uh, yeah, a rough day for wrestling fans in general, especially the older older school ones. Yeah, and it, like like and it's funny because you see in social media now. Like I was, uh, I think I was in an Uber on the way somewhere, and I'm scrolling, and all of a sudden pictures of Nikolai Volkov are popping up, and friends I know are posting pictures with him, and then then it's like. Oh, I don't think it's his birthday. Oh, you know, and then as yeah, I'm, and that's that's never good when those versus random pictures start popping up. No, and so then I was like, oh, you know, but like, and then as I'm following the Nikolai story, boom, Brian Christopher just comes out of nowhere, and that was like a double dose. And then you're, you know, I was like, you then you were like, I can't believe Nikolai Volkov and Brian Christopher both died, and then someone's like, and don't forget Brickhouse Brown, and I was like. Like, Jesus, like, I, you know, like now Brickhouse Brown for me, like I always read about Brickhouse Brown, guys like Brickhouse Brown and Iceman Parsons and people like these people. I'd never watched wrestling. I just read about them through uh, the wrestler or um, pro wrestling illustrated or any of those uh, wrestling magazines. So I'd always yeah. heard read of the name Brickhouse Brown and I knew he was a Memphis guy in USWA. So I was like, I just felt so bad last night for Jerry Lawler. And like, not only does he lose a son, he also lost this guy. And I'm sure he was close with Nikolai Volkov because he's been in the business forever. Like, it was just a real sad day. Like, and um, I don't know. Do you have do you have any memories of any three of those guys? Probably the exact same as you. I mean, I never really knew who uh, Brickhouse was, but... With the with the advent of the internet and and, and all that and the, the WWE network, it's kind of cool now to go back and maybe revisit some of these guys and see the careers from wrestling that was before our time. Yeah. So the the memory can still be there, and you kind of go relive their relive their glory days via the computer. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of neat if you're a fan and you want to pay tribute and respect to those guys. It's uh, something worth checking out, and I plan on probably doing that in the next couple of days. Yeah, it was like, um, you know, Nikolai Volkov, like, I started watching wrestling in 84, right before the first WrestleMania. Uh, He was the tag team champ. Him and Sheik were, they were iconic together. They were super villains at the same time uh, because of Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, which is where we got the show name from this show. Um, They became cartoon characters. And um, that first wrestling album, 
uh, I had when I was a kid. And, you know, so yesterday I find myself singing Carla Mia, uh, Nikolai <laughs> Volkov's song. And it's making me sad. And I'm just walking around my house singing Carla Mia, why must we say goodbye? That was one of my favorite songs on the wrestling album. And uh, it's just crazy. Like, you know, Nikolai was just... I always found it weird because him and the Iron Sheik, it seemed like neither of those guys were in shape when I was a kid looking at them, but both of them were incredibly in shape. Like Nikolai's chest was like a barrel, you know, just like the Sheik had a gut, but at the same time, you looked at that gut and it was a washboard. I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, and they just, you, you looked and they're just intimidating, just seemed like they're just naturally intimidating and just perfect bad guys. Yeah, perfect bad guys, and it was so good. And I don't have I know I don't have any correspondence with Nikolai, but uh, when I had Teddy Biasi on the show, the first thing I asked him was, uh, "Do you feel that with uh, with all the million dollar man's investments, um, do you feel that you got your your investments uh, a, a good return off your investment of purchasing Nikolai Volkov's contract from Slick for one cent?" <laughs> And I said, did you did you feel that like that was a good investment? And that was the first question I asked him. And he was like, this is a serious show? And I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> and he started laughing. He, and he said, I'll just tell you this, bud. Uh, he said, uh, I got more of a return out of Nikolai than I've ever got from Virgil. <laughs> you know? And right there, that's like that's my that's my Nikolai's memory right there is through Ted DiBiase, and I remember you know all of a sudden Nikolai's dressing up like the Million Dollar Man, and he's got like instead of dollar signs, he's got the cent signs on his jacket lapels or whatever. I always thought that was very funny, and uh, R.I.P. Nikolai, um, Brian Christopher, that's uh, crazy. I uh, too yeah, cool. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was. He was one half of my brother's favorite tag team back in the day. They were so entertaining. They were so, you know, here's two. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we're going to SmackDown's coming down here, and my brother's going to dress up just like him. And his, uh, he's going to pay tribute to him. The aviator goggles. He's gonna have them up on his uh, the head. Oh, that's great! Yeah. I, I always loved the kayfabe of the whether it was Jerry Lawler's son or not. How Jerry would downplay it, and they would mention it every episode. And I always liked how like so when he was wrestling in the um, in the cruiserweight tournament. I, and I just told this story last week. So sorry if you listened last week. I'm just gonna shoot upon it again. Uh, the night I met The Undertaker, I was backstage, and the first guy that came out was Brian Christopher. And we talked to him. He beat Devin Storm that night, a.k.a. Crowbar. And uh, we were talking about how he was probably the best guy in the tournament, and he said he doesn't think there's anybody that could take. And he was being serious. Well, he wasn't being serious. He was performing for us. He was staying in character. He was cocky. And then my buddy asked him if Jerry Lawler was his dad. He's like, as if that loser would be my dad. And he shrugged it all off. And then, you know, and I just... I love that he kept in character for us. And uh, we were two fans backstage that clearly did not belong, but had passes. And he did not break character. He was a bit of a dickhead. He was cocky and cool. And that's the way I'd like to remember Brian Christopher. Yeah, it was just too bad. Uh, you know, too hot, too much, too sexy, too soon, you know. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it is. It is too soon. That. 
last Royal Rumble they had where they reunited with Rikishi and they did the dance again and all that. I can't remember which one it was, but it's one of the Royal Rumbles that was years after. And uh, they, the three of them reunite in the Royal Rumble. And it was just a great Royal Rumble moment. And uh, until Rikishi... one of the biggest pops of the night. Oh, it was like... It was just so happened where it ended up being Rikishi and I think uh, Brian Christopher. And he was going to... And it was the two of them in the ring. And it looked like Rikishi was going to throw up Brian Christopher. And then the buzzer goes... And Scotty Too Hotty runs down, and his music hits. So then he talks him out of it. They have the reunion. The lights go out. The place pops. They do the dance. He does the worm. As they're doing the dance, he clotheslines them both out of the ring. And it's just like, <laughs> it's fantastic. It is such a great moment. God, I love wrestling. And that, yeah, and that is, that's 100% wrestling there. You thought, oh, these guys are going to dominate. They, the three of them could go on and, you know, like in their heyday, the three of them together were like up against Edge and Christian, who were the tag champs and stuff like that, you know. And uh, Rikishi was in the Hell in the Cell when the three of them were together. Like they were good for each other. And um, you know, it's too bad, Brian Christopher. Uh, it's sorry, Brian Christopher's gone, and uh, I feel bad. And uh, condolences to Jerry Lawler and family. And uh, you know, may uh, you know, hopefully, those guys. Well, those guys will always live on on the network, and that's a that's a sad thing, but. But speaking of uh, living on in the network, finally something good has come out of this weekend, though, that I could talk about. Owen Hart finally got inducted into one of the Wrestling Hall of Fames, uh, the Dan Gable Hall of Fame. I don't mean to sound weird, but when I saw, I saw that headline, I, I, I immediately thought, oh, I go, Casey's going to be happy. Oh, I'm very happy. Very happy. Very happy. It's a big win. You know, I feel like there's a, you know, there's a, um, a divide, obviously, where Owen's, Owen's wife does not want Owen to be involved in wrestling anymore. And then you have the entire Hart family who feel like they're stealing Owen's legacy and not letting him be what he is and who he was. And uh, I'm on the Hart family side of this this scenario. I'm not on Martha Hart's side. I I understand what happened, and it's terrible. But we all lost Owen that day. Not just you, and it's unfortunate of the way her, uh, you know, her kids had to live up without live, grow up without a father. When Mark Henry said it at the Hall of Fame. It it popped me. It made me cry. I was in tears. Usually, I watch Mark Henry wow. cry, and now um, I'm the one that's crying, and Mark Henry is the one that's speaking. And uh, and I thought, thanks for saying what needed to be said. And then Brett posted something along uh, a couple days ago about it, and um, you know, enough's enough. Uh, Martha, <laughs> I don't know if you know if that was Owen's yeah, catchphrase, but enough is enough, and it's time for a change. I, I think I'm in the same. I think I'm in the same boat as you because I mean, she she lost Owen the person, her husband, father, the father of the kids, and, and, and wrestling fans. We we lost Owen the wrestler, and what better way to to, to remember him than than have him enshrined in the in the Hall of Fame? But if you devil's advocate, does, does the WWE Hall of Fame does that is it kind of diminished? Over the last few years. Well, here's the, the, this. Uh, there have been constant uh, constant arguments recently about Hulk Hogan 
in the hall of fame and my problem is is like you know people are like well why is hulk hogan not allowed in okay because he's racist that's because he made racist comments while being illegally videotaped without his unknowing and uh and hogan made some racial racial slanders and that's why he's not allowed but um like i point out to far more people other people that are in the hall of fame have done far worse things like hundred percent uh we have not taking away how bad how shitty it was what hogan did oh i can't but, I, you, okay, we can't take back what hogan did neither can hogan take back what he did but um but the fact is unless you hit do a hate crime i don't like that i'm saying this but this is the truth unless you do a hate crime being racist is not illegal it's not nice it's not right but it's not all it's also not illegal and to keep hogan out because he's racist and because he said racist things i know this sounds incredibly stupid but technically that's bigotry towards racism and it doesn't make any sense to me where it's just such a stupid thing like so andre the giant can be in a guy when Kamala wrestled him, he held, he put he taped a gun to his, the thigh of his leg because Andre was a horrible racist and he did not want to wrestle him in a cage because of what Andre would do to him. Andre was also pulled off the bus one time by Bad News Brown and spoken to by Bad News Brown for calling him for using the N-word. I'm like, these Dick Murdoch was in the KKK. He's admitted that when he wrestles black people, he hits them harder. Like these are racists that are in the hall of fame but hulk hogan you know hulk hogan you know did it he was illegally recorded like it technically nobody should have ever seen this video but you know but it's okay if as long as hulk hogan's out we can keep all the other racists in you know and, and that's and that's kind of that's kind of my point about how i, I mean i think I, I my opinion is i think wwe hall of fame is kind of just it's a joke well, it is unless there until there's it's a until absolutely. there's a place where you can go and visit, it's not really real. But I mean, I don't even know what the criteria is. Well, like, I, you don't get you don't get in the, you don't get in the, in the hockey hall of fame or the baseball hall of fame just because you you had a twelve year career. Well, even if even you know if, I mean? even if you are in a hall of fame, even if you do something after your career, they don't take you out. OJ murdered two people. He's still in. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Hulk, Hulk, you know, it's still, I think, I think allegedly murdering two people is worse than saying the N word twice. You know, those are what it's OJ known for, not for running the football anymore. You know, Ty Cobb, another notorious racist, still considered one of the greatest ball players ever, you know, and that doesn't even touch the surface. The fact that Jimmy Snuka is a murderer. And Scott Hall has murdered someone. And, you know, oh, and, and the president is grabbing women by the pussy without consent. And he's still in. And they're, and, they're, and everyone's still in there. It's just, so that's the that's thing. That's what I mean. I mean, I don't, think it's not, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it diminishes Owen's reputation or, or legacy by not being in there. It's no. just a, such a PR company now. Yeah. Publicly traded company. And they're so worried what the image and... So they can kind of sweep, if someone's already in there, they can kind of sweep everything under the rug and not bring it up on television. When Hogan makes national, international news for what he says, 
everything. It's, it's WWE Hall of Fame or WWE Hall of Fame or something. I understand them trying to distance distance themselves, but yeah. I, think the whole, I think the whole Hall of Fame thing is just a just a way to eat up three more hours of television many a weekend. You know, they could have kept Hogan out a little while longer. But um, the fact is, is I, maybe they're worried about him. I think there are times where he can be, he seems like very manic depressive. He talks about it in his book. And uh, he talks about suicide, being suicidal in his book and everything. And, uh, you know, I don't know if the guy's suicidal, but I have seen him cut himself a few times. And that's an issue right there. Cutters. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Living down here in Tampa, you, you, you see... You see him every once in a while. My wife works for the the hockey team, the Lightning down here. Yeah, you see him up the game, and every time you see him, I, I, I instantly my reaction. I turn back into that seven year old kid and I how could, out. And how could you not? How could you not? Yeah, but then I was like, wait a minute. I look at him. I go, this guy's a like he lives his gimmick. That's the it, thing. He's just he's such a, he's such a cartoon character of a person. Yeah, well, that's that, that's that's I, it. I can't. Me personally, I can't take anything he does or says seriously. That's you know, and they and they talk about this in the in the court case, and I was like, here's the thing, I don't know Terry, I don't know Terry Hogan or Terry Boella. All I know is Hulk Hogan. So if I'm watching a guy in his private life being private, that's not Hulk Hogan. That's Terry no, Boella. Hulk Hogan's not racist. Exactly. Hulk Hogan's Mr. T's best friend. How can he be yeah, racist? Terry. Terry Bollea might be a dick, but Hulk Hogan's still a hero. Thank you. Keep toy Terry Bollea out of the Hall of Fame and bring Hulk Hogan <laughs> back. You know? Like, that's the whole thing. Is like, uh, would a racist person dance with the junkyard dog in the middle of the ring? Fuck no. You know? No. <laughs> no. So, you know, and uh, the thing is, it's like, I think there are bigger issues in the world than whether Hulk Hogan should be in the Hall of Fame or not. And the fact that this was, oh, such a big issue. It's just like, cheapers. When did everybody become so delicate? Like, you know, like, cheaper. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if they're going to drain the swamp, drain the swamp completely, or don't drain it at all, or just forget about it and move on. Talk and focus about other yeah. wrestlers, you know? Yeah, so, don't bring any attention to it. People are going to forget about it or not even real. And like the people, I know people, I know people that want their adamant that Hogan should not go in the Hall of Fame, but still are upset that Chris Benoit doesn't get mentioned anymore. That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> like, no, no, none whatsoever. And I'm on the side right. of that Benoit, that Benoit, you know, should be cut a little break, uh, like cut some slack because he was mentally ill, you know, with what he did. Like that wasn't just, I don't think he was a serial killer. I think he was mentally ill, severely mentally ill when, and since then the science and diagnostics of his brain and stuff like that showed that he had the brain of a 97 year old with dementia. So he was not of sound body and mind. And when he did those well, that's things, that's, well, let's be, let's be honest. That's because Kevin Sullivan put a curse on him. <laughs> well, <laughs> my uh, my oh fuck! The first uh, the first episode we're doing uh, we ever did we're doing greatest Canadian wrestlers of all time, and uh, my roommate goes to introduce number three. He's like former WCW champion, the WWE champion, and uh, victim of a Kevin Sullivan murder plot. Uh, uh, 
and I, I thought that was so fucking funny. I was like, oh my god, there, there are actually probably one percent of the population that watch wrestling that believe that that's true. You know, Kevin Sullivan was, you know, was indeed a, a, a Satanist. I'll tell you that. So you know, it all makes sense. Um, it's pretty crazy. Is there any? Do you get to go out to any good wrestling uh, these days uh, when you're when you're down in Florida? Is it is Florida still a hot wrestling territory? Or uh, what's it like down there for the wrestling landscape? It is. I try and get there. Any time that anytime WWE comes into town, whether it's here or, or over in Orlando, it's only an hour or so away. I, 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 I typically go. My brother and I try and get to a few NXT. NXT does the, the traveling house shows. Yeah. Just a little bingo halls and, and, and legions, whatever, around around Florida. So there's probably four or five stops within half an hour that we can get over there to. I love that Hunter successfully created his own indie program, like his own. It's unreal. It's I. It's unbelievable, and that's. Yeah. I think maybe it's probably something they just want to try and give him credibility and get those indie marks to, to follow up. But it's just the product and the show. That's probably the most fun I get. I have going to wrestling shows is at the Legion NXT house show with two hundred people there. There's something about that too that's bringing it that's kind of bringing it back like the old remember because like i honestly feel like all the indie wrestling territories that are coming up it's almost like a rise of the indies is like um like the old territorial days now because they're you know like i just czw just came up to canada and uh they they put on a show joint show with the smash uh, toronto and uh such a good show such great talent merging of talent what was the turnout like for fans oh for for every smash show they get at least i would say there's at least uh five to six hundred people a show in their venue wow i I just did the two impact wrestling tapings so if you're watching impact wrestling in the next four weeks watch for me i'm ringside but they had might have had a a thousand people slammiversary and then probably I would say maybe six to eight hundred for well six hundred maybe the first taping maybe about three hundred the second taping on the second night there was the third night they were running in the same venue but the thing is in these small venues it doesn't take much to make them look full and uh, all it takes is some good camera work and just filling the right areas and this venue that impact is taping in in toronto you look at impact last week or slammiversary or this thursday or tonight i guess it was i say now because today would be thursday when this airs it's a glorious looking venue and it looks full and the toronto fans are good wrestling fans that's why if it's if you're in a if you're in a uh, uh, an event or a live show with a hundred people maybe but if they're a hundred if they're good fans it makes it it makes it fun mm-hmm. if you're there with a hundred people are just sitting on their hands and and laughing and pointing out all that fake, or he didn't even hit him. Look at him stomp his foot. That takes the fun out of it. Yeah, my favorite shows to go to are going with the the people that buy in, suspend the disbelief, and, and get into it for a couple hours. And that's what I find. Yeah, totally. That's what I find with the crowd down here. I totally agree. Now, um, now being a, since you were a referee for a long time, do you ever watch referees or pay attention to referees in wrestling matches at all? My favorite thing to do at the live shows is to, is to yell at the referees. That's awesome. I think I might have stole that from uh, from Matt McCarthy, but uh, I think it's hilarious. I pretend to watch it like it's an actual sporting event. And, and I get really, really mad. I mean, I remember yelling at Mike Kyoto 
Yeah. And how I go, you've been around too long. You're the senior official. How do you miss that? Oh. Turn around. <laughs> All you got to do is turn around. You hear them. Yes. That's my favorite thing because I spent 17, 18 years just getting screamed at by hockey fans. <laughs> so this is my way to kind of tongue-in-cheek return the favor somehow or maybe kind of vent out some of those frustrations that I might have had. Oh, it's so true and it's so awesome. It's, uh, you know, like I was just recently at the Impact Havings. They have a ref uh, on Impact Wrestling and he's very, very young looking. And the uh, Toronto fans were chanting Pee Wee Herman, who he doesn't look like Pee Wee Herman. He looks more like Jay Bercherell. But he's <laughs> he's a very young looking ref. And, uh, oh, there was a match. Maybe it was a main event. I can't remember. Or it was a tag team because it was like four weeks of wrestling all in two nights. But um, you'll see it up and coming the next four weeks. His, this match is out of control. He's out of control. He's lost total. He has no control. He's trying to tell the ref, get in the ring. He's like, will you get in the ring? He's asking them, will you get in the ring? No, tell them to get in the ring. You're the ref. It's your take charge, you know, and uh, the crowd started chanting. This ref is too like this ref's too young. (laughs) This ref's too young. You know, and uh, it was uh, it was great. Another good thing about the Impact Wrestling tapings is uh, Harry, uh, one of the Impact referees, is from Toronto, so he's refing at home. And a Harry chant starts before the match, and they're just supposed to stand there, stone faced, as the wrestlers come in. He, you could tell he was smiling and he was happy because they, they started the Harry chant, and that was great. It was great, Harry, uh, to watch uh, Harry uh, ref in his own hometown. We've had uh, Jimmy Corderas has been on the show, and he's yeah. he's got fantastic stories about refing, and it's just refing itself is its own art, you know. After talking to him, well, it's such an important, it's such an important part of how the the flow of the match and, and how it goes. Yeah, I think they don't uh, they don't get enough credit for. For, for what they add to the show. Now, the similarities in between the two sports, uh, hockey is very fast-paced and moving, and so is wrestling. And I don't think the ref... I know the wrestlers know what they're kind of doing, but the ref doesn't always know what every move is doing. Um, refs are told to stand in certain areas while the action is going on. Is there spots in the hockey rink where you're safer off during the play than in the middle of it? Yeah, I mean, if you if you if you picture a hockey rink, uh, the safest and best spots for referees to be in to see everything and to stay out of the way would be if you draw a line from the end zone face-off dots yeah. up through the neutral zone dots. You want to be inside there between those dots and the boards. Cool. That's the easiest place to to see to put yourself in a position where you can see everything and kind of stay out of the way and kind of like and then, where near like the area where Ovechkin floats. Like before, in the, on a power play in that area, right? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Exactly. If you if you drift in closer to there, you're gonna you'll get drilled with a shot from Ovechkin or Stamkos on the power play. Uh, how many times so, have you been hit thing, by by shots by pucks? Oh, I mean, it happens every game. You're gonna get something. But I've been three times. I've broken my nose. From, Jeepers. Uh, from slap shots, two of which. Oh, sorry. You know what? Two were slap shots, and <laughs> one I was skating up the ice and I was a little too close to the benches and a guy hopping over the boards for a line change I ran into his knee oh. and my face just exploded okay so Matt that McCarthy let's just tell Matt McCarthy right now that not all sports are fake that some real sports are real 
<laughs> yeah, that's one of the. That's, I, I can go down on record and say I don't know about the other sports, but hockey for hundred percent is not fake. No, I don't. I don't think it's fake at all. I think it's uh, it'd be pretty hard to fake. I have seen a fake stage fight though in my career in hockey. In hockey, I well, remember it was uh, a, a few years a few years ago. Teams and leagues, especially in the in the minor leagues, uh, would start doing these ten thirty eleven a.m. starts. Mm-hmm. And they call it the school day game. They bust in all the elementary school okay. teams from around. Stop! Stop right there. Trip. I okay. Last year, I live in Toronto. We have the the Marlies. Well, I guess they're the, well, of yeah, course they're, they're the, one of the they're teams the, that do they're, it. They're the champs this year. Well, last year, the only time the Sound Taggers came into town was on this day and it was like an 11 uh, 11 o'clock in the morning game and i was like what the f so i go there's literally one ticket left i'm like okay that's fine so i buy the one ticket i go down i'm expecting i can sit wherever you know and it's all kids and i'm i'm kid friendly the loudest that building will probably be all year but it's it's like a kids in a pool loud it's not like a hockey yeah. cheering crowd loud <laughs> it's like kids yeah, it's the loudest they get is when spongebob squarepants comes on the jumbo truck oh or when the game stops and whatever happens in between periods you know or yeah. or the dabbing contest you know anything like that <laughs> it's like but i was like so the sound taggers are really getting booed out of the building and i'm there in my islanders gear you know and like shut up you stupid kids you know i was like you're ruining the game for me but the sound taggers won and uh it was good like i was there to watch certain players and and uh, but i'll never ever go to an 11 a.m game again now as you were saying what what were those games yeah. like so so this was this was probably one of the first ones they'd ever done and it was in the east it's in the east coast hockey league in trenton new jersey and probably about seven, eight minutes to go in the game. Uh, the players, I think, were all hung over. They didn't want to be there. It was one of the worst hockey games I'd ever been a part of. Well, at least two guys dropped the gloves in the corner. And I'm, I'm bowled the whistle. We skate over. and They're not throwing punches. They're kind of in there, and they're whispering to each other. And they started <laughs> throwing fake punches. Like, weren't, like it makes the, makes the punches, makes... Uh, uh, Shane McMahon's punches look good. Yeah, these punches. It was and it was just embarrassing. And but the kids, they didn't know any better. They're going berserk, and but I was offended. <laughs> I wanted to see a real fight. That was that was an insult to hockey. Like, but, at time, but at the same time, at the same time, they were yeah, they working the crowd. <laughs> exactly. But I, 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 I it kind of pissed me off. So I didn't give him the gratitude of putting five minutes each for fighting. I gave him two minutes each for holding. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I told him, I said, I, I don't want you guys going, I don't want your friends and family going online seeing that you fought. So you guys held each other for 30 seconds. And that's oh, it. that's great. There are so many times. Well, there's times where it's like, uh, I like to go to the warm up of the Islanders games because, uh, expect, well, not recently because they don't have any fighters but the last fighter they had the last time when the, the last time they had fighters they had trevor gillies and zen Konopka on the team that was probably i don't know about 2010 or 11 i'd say two of my favorite guys well i grew up in ottawa and i've known zen since he was a 67 like i know him personally 
and he's just a good guy and a hard worker, never been drafted, but wound up in the NHL for 10 years and made millions and is smart enough to get out. And, uh, you know, and I love the guy and he's always a good fighter. So I would go to the uh, games where he would play and I'm like, I got to get there beforehand because I got to see who Zenon's going to talk to because a lot of times enforcers would talk to each other in the warm up and just chat and see like how are your hands pretty good yeah okay if things are slow you want to give it a go tonight yeah okay all right and the next thing you know they're dropping them in the second and you know it's all like pre they already decided that they were going to fight if need and i love that that there's an enforcer's code amongst uh goons or enforcers in the nhl i wish there was more more of it in in the nhl uh, still because there's not but when they get to the playoffs it comes back and now you don't have the proper people enforcing and people are getting hurt and that's what i don't like but that has nothing to do with wrestling except for the fact that they talk to no, each other they, before you, know you brought up Z- you brought up zen and bring it back to wrestling here i remember a game when he was playing in norfolk in uh tampa system he was the captain down there and i come on the ice before he dropped the puck he skates over and kind of taps me on the ass with a stick he says uh call he goes uh don't call too much tonight <laughs> I said, oh, what, what, what do you got up your sleeve? What do you want to get away with? He goes, no, no. He goes, we got to be out of here by nine fifteen. He goes, we got to, we're having a wrestling party at my house tonight. <laughs> and I said, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, I got my macho man outfit all set up. He goes, we got, I got to be home by ten. So let's keep this puck moving tonight. <laughs> That's awesome. That is wicked. Yeah, he was a good dude. Yeah. He is a good dude. Yeah, that is that is wicked. That is wicked. Um, do you have any uh, any wrestling coming up in your life that you're looking forward to, or what are you watching right now? Uh, right now, just getting caught up with the WWE stuff. I try and catch Ring of Honor when uh, whenever I can. Actually, I've got SummerSlam. I'm going to SummerSlam at Barclays. At that's the end of the that's great. Yeah, and you have, did you get rid of that ticket yet? Oh, you saw it? No, I, I haven't yet. I so if, we'll just say it right now. If you want to advertise on the show, hopefully we'll help you sell it. Yeah, I mean, I got an extra ticket section. Uh, I can't remember the section right now, but it's lower bowl ticket. Just looking for face value for 230 bucks, I think is what it was. You get to spend so a night the, uh, with Jamie Kowarski at uh, SummerSlam at Barclays. There's nothing better than that. It's still an Islanders venue. I, mean, <laughs> I think that's a pretty good deal. I think it's a very good deal. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, if you're looking to uh, get a face value ticket, what's that running for these days in the States? What, 200 Uh 235 is what it was. 235 American, get in contact with the show, and uh, we'll put you in contact with Jamie, and we'll try to sell this ticket. So, uh, yeah, no problem. So, SummerSlam, uh, that's, uh, well, I guess we're about 21 days away from SummerSlam now. It's still... I don't know what what the card's going to be, but I know there's potential for it to be really, really good. My my, my brother, being me, he's giving me crap. He says, it looks like they're tailored. It's like they know you're going to SummerSlam. And they're tailor-making the card. <laughs> what matches are you looking forward to? AJ Styles? Yeah, AJ and Samoa Joe, I think, is going to be incredible. Yeah. I might lose credibility as a wrestling fan here, but I'm looking forward to, to Roman and Brock. No, so am I. I'm a big fan of Roman Reigns. I do not understand the hatred directed towards him by by vocal fans. I don't even want to say most fans. But I think it's just the vocal fans that, that can't stand him. I think at this point, it's just 
they they boo him because they think it's a cool thing to do. You know, it's like chanting "You suck yeah, at Kurt Angle." They don't even know why they're doing No, they just think it's the right thing to do. You know, like uh, the, to be honest, I was I was very happy with the Roman uh, Brock cage match. I thought it was great. The from the from the last uh, what was that the 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 biggest Royal Rumble biggest Royal Rumble ever was the that greatest. It? The, the greatest? greatest Royal Rumble. Well, if they're going to call the first uh, woman's pay-per-view evolution, they should call the greatest Royal Rumble de-evolution because it's the, <laughs> it's the first uh, all-men show that's happened since women have become popular in the 80s and 70s. I don't know, 60s. You know, it just seems like such a devil so you know i'm glad we've evolved we've we've come so far from the greatest royal rumble it's our evolution you know oh my god i'm so happy you finally got like they're old that they were old that it's like oh you're not going to be part of this pay-per-view but we are going to give you your own pay-per-view and that's what they deserve and i'm looking forward to that uh, evolution i'll tell you that um yeah that's that's in long island you got to make the truck to go over I would love to because, you know, as long as, like, if they put together a good show, like, they could have a really good show. Like, uh, I want Ronda Rousey's career to be so good, and I want it to be, you know, and there's so many matches I'm already looking forward to her wrestling. Like, I am I just can't wait till she wrestles Charlotte, and I just can't wait till she wrestles Asuka, and I just can't wait till she wrestles Shayna Brazler, you know, and there's so hey. many, you know, there's so many... My favorite thing about her is just you can tell how much she loves it. Who, Shayna or, or Rhonda? Rhonda, you can Rhonda. tell. They're both of them. Yeah, Rhonda. Like, I mean, she, she, she doesn't come up to them, seem to have an attitude. I mean, I was a little nervous at first with the smiling and the and just the happy-go-lucky. And everybody was shitting on her way too soon. It's like we exactly. haven't even got to her first match, you know? Exactly. And, and, and ever since that match... Bad. Boom. She's been fantastic ever since. She makes it so much fun to watch. Oh, and yeah, yeah. She just opens up so many potential doors and other matches so you're not watching the same the same woman, the same women fighting each other all the time. I mean, I think she's, I agree with you. I can't wait for Charlotte, Asuka, and, and, and all the girls coming up the pipeline there through NXT. Well, not only that, they're also saying that Evolution is going to have, it's also going to be uh, like the Royal Rumble was for the women, sort of a uh, now a future and past so i'm gonna call this right now there's no way they're gonna do a show like that and trish stratus is not a part of it she will be there guaranteed like you saw her at the rumble she can she can still go today she looks like a million bucks and people were mad when trish stratus came back and got herself into the main event with snooki one year um <laughs> don't women's wrestling has come a long way since then well you know what snooki had a good match you know to be honest um but the fact is is if trish i think honestly if trish can get into another main event at wrestlemania and get herself in a four-way with uh you know charlotte and uh, ronda rousey and trish stratus and whoever else may fill the bill that would not surprise me that would not surprise me the least because uh you know i always want to see trish versus charlotte that's one of my dream matches that could happen that i'd love to see but i'd love to see trish versus sasha 
And I'd also love to see Trish versus, you know, Ronda Rousey. I think what yeah. I'm saying is, you know what? what that's, a, that's a perfect way to that's a perfect way to get it all out of the way at once. Well, just get her in there and get her part of this evolution card. And Trish, I think what I'm saying is, we need you to come back. I'd want to see her come do a comeback, one more run. You know, and it would be good if it could be evolution right through till maybe Rumble, another appearance at Rumble, and then maybe right into Mania. Maybe she wins Rumble. And she goes into Mania with the title shot. Who knows? But I, you know, I, I think you're onto something because they, they they do it. They kind of did this. It's kind of what they did with and Goldberg. They do it with the men. They never do it with the women. Well, yeah. Well, it kind it's kind of the same storyline what they did with Goldberg. You know, because I'll tell you, I was at the Survivor Series and Goldberg Lesnar, the, the 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 squash match, one of the greatest moments I've ever seen wrestling in my life. Uh, that Survivor Series. That was unbelievable. I was screaming on my couch when that happened. Well, look at I was exhausted from watching the five on five that went an hour beforehand. Like that was one of the that was one of the greatest wrestling matches I've ever seen with so many great spots. And then they give us a a Goldberg squash match in the main event against Brock Lesnar. Are you fucking kidding me? Did that just happen? That's yeah. Perfect. It's the greatest thing ever. So, um, yeah, I'm going to Survivor Series this year. I'm um, I'm going down to LA, and uh, I'm excited. I've already got tickets to next uh, to the NXT. I'm excited for Survivor Series uh, November. But you're going to SummerSlam. Have a great time at SummerSlam, and uh, we'll pretty much wind this up. Uh, Jamie, where can we find you online? What have you got going on these days? Is there anything you want to plug? And uh, just let us know. Uh... Yeah, I've got a couple of plugs in. I mean, first one is uh, I'm selling real estate now since I retired from uh, professional hockey. So you need a uh, real estate agent down here in the Tampa, Florida area. Uh, look me up. I'm working with Remax. Also, my uh, father, our family, runs a few uh, officiating camps throughout the summer. Uh, we have one in Hamilton uh, that's already gone by, and then Moncton, New Brunswick. Chris Pensis, just outside St. John and uh, Turo, Nova Scotia as well. So if you're uh, looking to get into officiating hockey or trying to climb the ranks, look us up. We can find it at uh, dkrefcamp.com is the website. But other than that, uh, not really too active on Twitter or, or find me on Facebook with my name, Jamie Goharski. That's about it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, here heard there, folks. Uh, thanks for joining us another week on uh, Talking Wrestling. Thanks for letting us put a headlock on your uh, ears. Hit us up on those also social media outlets that we told you at the start of the show, the uh, Talking Wrestling at Gmail, uh, TNW Pod on Twitter, Talking Wrestling Podcast on the Instagram, and uh, Talking Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, thanks for joining us again. You guys have been a lot of fun. Uh, have a great day, and we'll see you again real soon. Thank you, and goodbye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.